Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. friend back home safely. But Lord, now we are standing here and remember many of their friends lost their life. We pray for their family, Lord. Comfort them and save them. Particularly this morning, I pray for those the men and women in uniform and returned from Vietnam are now lost under alcoholic or drug on the street. Lord, we lift them up into your hand today. And we declare your plan for them. It's not harm them, but bless them, prosper them, give them hope and future. Even devil tried to steal away from them all your blessing. But today, we join our heart together. We declare your plan. We fulfill upon their life. In the name of Jesus, we command devil, take your hand out of their life. Because Jesus died on the cross for them as well. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we we pray today for redemption come to them. Salvation come to them. Restoration come to them. So all together, we glorify Father, Lord. We lift up all our men and women in uniform into your hand. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. God bless you. Well, I always do that on behalf of our Vietnamese brother and sister because without them, we don't really have a chance to know about God and Jesus. Because Vietnam is a country we were 1,000 years under China control. 100 years under France, we know a little bit through Catholic. 20 years, no, nine years, we were under Japanese. So Vietnam country war after war. And for me, myself, I didn't know anything about Christian. Because my grandfather was a Chinese medical doctor. Went to Vietnam, married a wife, and practiced as a medical doctor. And he became very successful. He controlled all economy in our town. But the more he gets richer, the more politicians try to make money off him. So he had to send my father into politics to protect him. But after many years in politics, my dad getting tired. So when I was born, both of them discussed and decided they not going to send me neither to business nor politics, but they want to send me to religious. So they brought me to Buddhist temple and offered me to Buddha. And a Buddhist monk gave me a name. My name in Vietnamese is Chan Din Ai. That means, stop loving the world. That's the meaning of my name in Vietnamese. Later on, when I growing up, they sent me to a Buddhist temple. For nine years, I was trained to be a Buddhist monk. But the more I studied about Buddha and Buddhism, the more I found out hopeless. Because Buddha, he himself, have nothing to do with religion. He was a prince. He was born in the king palace. When he growing up, he wondered what going on outside of the palace. So one day he sneaked out to check. But after he made an observation outside the palace, he found out people were born, growing up, getting old, sick, and die. And he said, it's meaningless. So he decided to leave the king palace and go out to search for the truth. 
Unfortunately, that he never found the truth until the day he died. In the evening before he died, one of the disciples asked him, Master, if you go to die tonight, who will lead us and teach us? And then Buddha pointed his finger to the moon. He said, see, I show you the light, but I am not the light. I show you the way, but I am not the way. But in the day to come, it will come a world savior. He will teach you and lead you and be with you forever. Wow, when I read to that point, now I have a real enlightenment. Buddha, not a savior. But he pointed his finger to the future world savior. So I left Buddha temple and tried to search for that savior. Unfortunately, though the days, no anyone preached the gospel in my town. So I ended up with witchcraft. So I studied five more years with witchcraft. And I became a master witch doctor with 3,366 gods. And if you pay attention, you will see 3,366. That means 666. Now we know, though the day I didn't know why. So become a master witch doctor in a little town. My grandfather controlled all economy. My father controlled all politics. And as the witch doctor, I controlled spirits. And I get more power and money of both of them combined together. And I thought I would enjoy all my life. And some people ask me, Pastor Paul, how can you remember all the name of 3,366 God? Yet you see in the picture, you see I have all the tattoo. So that's the name of 3,366 God. You don't see the on the back, but that's in the front. That's how I remember their name, put the name on my body to pray with them every day to memorize their name. So I thought I enjoy my life. But then January of 1970, a missionary come from World Mission of the Assembly of God in Pensacola, Florida, Dr. John Hurston. After he went to Africa and led the president of Liberia to the Lord, he came back to U.S. and he feel called to Asia he went to Korea. That's where he led young Gi Cho to the Lord and disciple him and become a mentor, spiritually father to young Gi Cho. So 1970, together, they went to Vietnam. Dr. John Hurston speak to American GI and Dr. Young Gi Cho spoke to Korean soldier. And they found in my town there are big refugee camp. So they came to start an open-air crusade. In first three nights, I didn't pay any attention because I know whoever come to my town promise anything. But when people in trouble, they will come to me as the witch doctor. But this time was different. After three nights, my whole town was shaken. So some of my witchcraft students came to me and said, Master, we are in trouble. I said, what's wrong? I said, sir, since though the gospel missionary came to our town, every night people left us and went to join with their church. If you are not going to stop them, soon or later you are going to lose your job. I said, okay, tomorrow night I will go check it out. So either I was trained nine years in Buddhist and five years in witchcraft. I know how to perform a religion ceremony. So I went to that crusade, expected that I would see the, the foreigner missionary will perform the religion ceremony. 
but I'm really kind of disappointed because I really don't know how to perform a religion ceremony at all. All they did was singing, raise the hand, clap the hand, jump up and down, shouting, very noisy. And to Vietnamese perspective, it's very crazy. In Vietnamese perspective, religion, that means you have to be quiet. So you can meditate and communicate with the world spirit. That's the reason why if you go to Vietnam, you go to a traditional church, you can feel very quiet. You can even hear mosquito fly among your mists. But this group is very crazy. And after all the crazy, they open the Bible and read the story. And one of the stories they read in the book of Acts, chapter 26, from 15 to 20, a testimony of a man named Saul. Saul was born and grew up and well-trained in religions. So when Saul found out that Jesus is teaching something different from his traditional religions, and he didn't like it, say with the power he get from both the government and religions, he went out to persecute Christians. On the way to Damascus, Jesus showed up, knocked him out of his horse. When he was on the ground and blind, Jesus asked him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you I'm persecuting? He said, I'm Jesus you are persecuting, but I appear to you today to transform your life from a religion leader, become my servant. From a professor, become my witness. I will send you back to your own people and to all the Gentiles to open their eyes, turn them from darkness into light, from Satan unto God. So when he was arrested and brought into the King Agrippa. He said his own testimony. So we, as the missionary, we come to you, not to bring you another religion, because we believe Vietnam, you have more than enough of religion. But you know what? The more you involve in religion, the more burden they will put upon you. Every religion that a long list or what to do, and long list what not to do. So the more you involve in religion, the more burden they put upon your life. But I have a good news for you. Jesus came, not going to give you any burden. But in fact, he said, come unto me, all are labor and heavy burden, then I will give you rest. He said, tonight, Maybe you come here with some kind of burden in your life. Some of you, maybe doctor give you a very bad report of your health. You have burden of your health. Some of you, maybe your spouse left you, your parent left you, your children left you. You have a family burden. Some of you, maybe your business went bankrupt. You have financial burden. But I have a good news for you. Jesus Christ. It's greater than all your burden. Bring your burden to Jesus. He will give you rest. So with less than 10 minutes, they made a first altar call. And I saw people from every corner ran into front, a long life from this side to the other side, and give their burden to Jesus. So after they pray for them. And I'm telling you, when they pray for delivery, even worse noisy I ever saw in my life. But after that, they sing another song. And I say, okay, if any one of you been here in past few nights, you came with burden, and we pray for you. And tonight you're here, you know that God already answered our prayer and solved your problem. We love for you to come and share your testimony. Because Bible says, you have victory 
based upon the blood of Jesus Christ and your testimony. If God do something for you, don't forget it. Don't let devil steal it. I'm telling you, I was shocked. I saw people from every corner ran into front and this lie was double longer than first lie. And while they were sharing the testimony, I was shocked. Because I saw among them many were leaders under me. And when they start sharing the testimony, I thought to myself, my goodness, maybe the missionary put their all money together and hire my own people to advertise for their religion. If I'm not going to stop them sooner or later, I'm going to lose my job. So that night, I start praying to 1,000 gods. But by the time the church ended their service, I realized in spirit that none of my gods show up and do the job they're supposed to do. On the way out, I'm wondering, where were you? Were you all in vacation without my permission? Tomorrow I'm not going to eat. I spent all day to bring you back home. So we go to shut down the church. So next day I was fasting. I prayed to all those God. I went back to the church next evening. I prayed to 2,000 gods. But guess what? Wherever Jesus show up with the power of Holy Spirit, none of those gods can stand. So on the way home of that evening, I was mad. I said, where were you? I spent all day to call you home. Would you sleep and forget what up, go to church with me? Tonight, I'm not going to sleep. I spent all night to wake you up. And tomorrow, together, we go and shut down the church before I go to lose my job. So after all night, pray. Next day, I went to church very early. The church stuck at 7 p.m. in the evening. 4 p.m. I already in the parking lot with my little um, uh, scooter moped. That's what young people call here in America. When I first come, I told that's a motorbike, and I asked, how big the motorbike? I said, 50cc. He said, Pastor Paul, 50cc is not motorbike. It's a scooter <laughs> moped. I said, okay, I learned that new term. So when I went to the parking lot, I parked my moped and I expect some church security will come and take care for them because the day there are a lot of teeth. So I went until 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock, nobody show up. And later on, you know, growing the church, I found something so funny in Vietnam. That the church stuck 7 p.m. Devil show up at 4 p.m. But the church members show up at 7, 15, 7, 30. So devil go to just much more earlier than the Christian. You don't have that problem in America. So while I'm waiting for the church security to come take care for my moped, I start laying my hand, pray over moped, and I command 20 gods, do nothing but stay here, take care of my moped, so no one take away from me. On the way into the church, I pass by a little generator. You know, though the day they don't have electricity. I lay hand over a generator about this time. <clears throat> I command 20 guards, mess up their generator so they won't have electricity the night for their church. You know, devil, they live in darkness, they don't want light, okay? I went to the church equipment. <clears throat> of course, they don't have expensive stuff like you have now. They have only one guitar and a keyboard, but not like this keyboard. You know, 60 years ago, the keyboard was big. And no electricity to have to pump very hard, you know, to have air to play. <clears throat> so I went through and lay hand over. I command other 20 God, mess up all the equipment so they're not able to worship their God. Though the day, I don't know why. Devil hate to see Christian worshiping God. But later on, when I read in the Bible, I found that God habit, present among the worship of his children. And if God present among your worship, get what? Liberation. 
deliverance and salvation will take place. And devil lost their control. And they don't want to see that happen. So worship team, don't ever let strange people come to touch your equipment. They try all the best. This morning they try very hard to stop us for all the technology team today. But with that authority. So after I pray, I ran back in the rear of the church and sit in the corner and start praying. I told them all my life, I served you 3,366 God. Tonight, only 60 of you on duty to take care for the moped, for the generator, for church equipment. So the rest of you, you need to show up and shut down the church before I go to lose my job. So I could pray, 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 almost four hours. And in spirit, I realize none of my gods show up. You need to know that. Whenever you worship with the presence of Holy Spirit among you, devil cannot stand. They all run away. So I was wondering what will be the next step I need to do to shut down the church. So I heard the one among speakers made an announcement. I said, if any one of you been here in past few nights, if you heard the word of the Lord, if you saw sigh, wonder, and miracle take place among our midst, if you heard all wonderful testimony how God did for your people, but if you have any question in your mind, please don't leave with your question. Would you please bring all your questions to us and together we will find out the answer. It's better to leave the church with the answer more than the question. Because the world full of the question. And God always has answer for you. From way back in the church, I stood up and I ran as quick as I could. Because I'm afraid they're going to change their mind. Because I thought that they made a big mistake when they made that announcement. So when I come to front, I introduce myself who I was, what I'm doing, and I've been here three nights. I heard everything, I saw everything, but yes, I have a lot of questions. And this is the deal. If you're able to answer all my questions, I will go to quit all my God and joy with you. But if you cannot answer my question, you better pack and leave my town, leave my people alone. So they look at me and say, sir, we don't know what your question. We don't know if we can answer all your questions. We have a good news for you. We have a book from God. We call Holy Bible. And their Bible is double size than this Bible. It's almost one foot. So when I look at the Bible, I was laughing. You know, 60 years ago, missionaries always carry big Bible. So the other day, I wonder. Why you always carry your big book with you? Is that big book made you more holy? Or you will try to scare the devil in Vietnam by your big book? Yeah. Of course, now I know because the paper though 60 years ago were different. But when I look at the Bible, one foot Bible, I was laughing. You know why? Because I was trained for 14 years with three books of Buddha. And each book of Buddha more than one foot. So I'm talking over three feet scripture of Buddha that I was trained for 14 years. And I never found the truth. How come your Bible only one foot? And you try to tell me you have all the answer. But it's amazing me. Almost two hours. All my tough questions will answer in the book of Holy Bible. This book led me to realize that greater he is living God, live within Christian, than there were 3,366 God live within me. So I lost the battle. I knew now, except Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. So I lost the battle, but I'm glad that I lost. And now I won in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
stand up from the pulpit, I was so excited. So I quickly ran back to the parking lot so I can drive home and tell the story. Guess what? By the time I reached to the parking lot, I walked for 10 minutes around to look for my moped. I couldn't find it. Uh, then I understood the reason why 3,366 guards, none of them show up and shut down the church because they all together disappear with my moped. Then understand what Bible said that devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give your life and life even more abundance. Hallelujah. So now instead of about 20 minutes driving home, it took me an hour to walk home. While I was walking, devil spoke to me. You try to follow Jesus, huh? You not only lost your moped, you want to lose everything of your life. And I keep walking into the home. I walk inside the door. I was shocked. It was late at night. My whole family still awake and waiting for me. And I push the door and walk in. I was greeted by my grandfather. He said, oh, grandson, I'm glad you're home. But you know what? The news already reached here before you return home. The whole town are wondering what are you doing tonight? Were you trying to make some fun with the missionary? Or you are serious about following Jesus? I'm excited. Grandpa, I'm serious about following Jesus. He looked at me, what? I invested into your life. Become a Buddhist monk, you are not certified with Buddha, you quit. Become a master wish doctor with over 3,000 gods. That made you happy, you quit again. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with Buddha? I said, Grandpa, nothing wrong with Buddha. I respect Buddha, but I only have one problem with him. What's the problem? I said, Buddha, he was a guy. Buddha was nice. Buddha was wise. But then Buddha dies. That's it. I said, what about Jesus Christ? I said, Grandpa, Jesus Christ, he's a guy. He's wise. He's nice. Even he died, but then he arrived, and he's alive. What different? <laughs> well, for us, we're excited, but not my grandfather. He was mad. He shut up your mouth. Don't try to preach to me. Go to your bed. Rest well. Think carefully. Tomorrow morning before the breakfast, you need to inform me. If you're going to tell me, you just made fun with all the missionaries. Everything be okay. But if you really shared about following Jesus, you have to leave my family without any inheritance. And you know, I'm a firstborn child. I'm supposed to be inherited. So I went to my bed, but I was not able to rest at all. I was wrestling. Because one hour ago, I gave my heart to Jesus, I lost my moped, and now I'm about to lose everything. So I keep turning back and forth, can I sleep? But from deep in my heart, I cry, I say, oh Jesus, you got to help me. I don't know what to do. But I don't want to pray with my old gods again. So Jesus helped me. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pray with you. But I don't want to pray with my old God. And suddenly, Holy Spirit showed up in my bedroom. Incredible way. You need to know that over 60 years ago, the Pentecostal, they loved to sing, and the song were long song. And they don't have PowerPoint like we have today. So the worship leader always this verse by verse, sentence by sentence. It takes 30 minutes to 45 minutes for people to memorize one song. And of course, as a witch doctor, I never opened my mouth and sing the song. But I did not plug my ear. Somehow, their song came in, come in. I did not aware that I memory many of their songs. 
So when I will cry now from deep of my heart, and Holy Spirit pick up a song and let me sing the song out. And the song was, I have decided to follow Jason. I have decided to follow Jason. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. So I don't know how many times I said, I kept singing until I went to sleep just like a baby. So next morning, when I was so asleep, I will walk up by my grandfather. But of course, even I wake up, but not really awake at the long night battle. So he looked at me. What your decision? And the tone getting louder and louder. I'm awake now. And I look at his face. His get, face getting red. Suddenly I remember my dad always told me, when you live with this old guy, you need to understand. When he getting mad, his face getting red. And when he's so angry, his neck stuck moving up and down. Indoor the cats don't quickly respond to him. You have to make a long circle to calm him down before you reach to the point. Otherwise, you'll be trouble. So I learned very well. But this morning, he turned really louder, louder, louder. So I don't know how to stack before I can make a circle. So when you look at me, tell me what your decision. I just, what about I sang the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. <laughs> he was so mad. He said, shut up your mouth. No turning back, huh? It's time for you to leave this family without any inheritance. And don't turn in back unless you say no to Jesus. So now I lost everything. I was wondering where I'm going to stay, what I'm going to do. The whole town will honor me either a witch doctor or a Buddhist monk, but not a Christian. Because in my town, become a Christian, that means you betray all your gods and rebel to your ancestor. And nobody will receive me. So I wonder, oh Jesus, what I'm going to do, where would say? Another song came to me, many things about tomorrow. I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know he holds my hands. So as I sing in that song, our door will knock. Open the door, it come out, which doctor? So my grandfather looked at him and said, what next? Don't you know that I lost my grandson and now what? So that which doctor, very humble, he come and says, sir, doctor, the reason I'm here, because the whole town, our rumor, brother, I, is now quits all our God and come to follow Jesus. So my master sent me here, try to bring him back to witchcraft. I said, oh, good, good, good. Come, come in. Bring him back. Bring him back. So this witch doctor walked in and looked at me. He said, brother, I, is that rumor true? I said, yes. He said, how come you are the highest level of witch doctor in our town? And now you're quick to follow Jesus. I said, let's sit down and talk. You know. So, we talked for five hours. You want to know what we're talking about? I can make for one hour. You have one hour to, to listen? Look like all you have lunch already appointment. No problem. I wrote a book. Go from which doctor to the pastor. You will find all our conversation here. At the fire, I come to Paul. I say, brother, listen. You and I, we all know all of our gods are dead. And they all lay behind the grave. None of them able to get out of the grave by themselves. Jesus, the only one, arose from the dead and get out of the grave. Why we put our trust in the dead gods, not able to help them get out of the grave. Let's put our trust in reason God, able to help himself get out of the grave. If he can help himself get out of the grave, he can help us. So he quickly kneeled down, invite Jesus coming to his life. Yeah. Hallelujah.
the news spread out very quickly. Next day, they sent another guy hiring. Four hours later, he gave his life to Jesus. Next day, they sent another one. So after one week of my conversion, I become a cell group leader with seven witch doctors in my cell group. <laughs> you have any cell group leader here? If you're trouble, you have problem, come and see me. I will tell you how tough it was. So every day, I ran to the mission to learn, and every night, I disciple them. And together, we share the gospel to former Buddhist people and witchcraft people that would be our client. With four years, we led 10,570 people to Christ. We start bigger church in Vietnam. Hallelujah. So now, witchcraft, they stop. They don't want to send any more witchcraft. You know why, right? They don't want to lose all the witch doctor. But they call a conference. They brought the witch doctor from three different states come together for 24 hours, fasting, no food, no drink, and spelled the curse over me. That curses I can never marry, can never have children, can never, never have a son to inherit my family name. But I'm grateful to the Lord that I read the Bible. In this book, we know that Jesus came not only set us free from our sin, but he will break all the curses from generation to generation to set us free. So I declare that we're going to win the battle. But then, April 30th, of 1975, when the last helicopter get off from American embassy roof in Saigon, all missionary forced to leave the country. Our leadership team, we gather for one hour with Jesus in prayer. After that one hour, leader said, guy look like coming soon will take over the city, the country. Let's pack light and get on the van, ride to the riverbank, get a boat and get out of the country. I was excited. So while I'm trying to pack and Holy Spirit said, no, it's not you. And he remind me the prophecy that when I was ordained as the AG minister, and one of the missionaries spoke over me and said, Brother Paul, God said, I have called you, I have chosen you, even though you are faced with a lot of trial and difficulty, but don't give up. As long as you're faithful to God, he will be faithful to you. He will raise you up as the leader of the church in the nation of Vietnam before he sends you around the world as an apostle to prepare the church for rapture. It's a wonderful prophecy. And I thought, I'm already leader of the church, so now it's time for me to leave. So I pack everything, I get on the van, get out of the van, step on the boat. But then I step on the boat, Holy Spirit said, Paul I, what are you doing on this boat? By the way, you know my name wasn't Paul I, right? My name was Stop Loving the World. But when I get saved, people they just say, hey, brother I, your life exactly like Saul. And God conversed and changed his life and changed his name from Saul become Paul. So you must be Paul I. I said, I don't know. But any name come out from Bible must be a good name. You know? Okay, Paul, I'll be fine. But after one week, when I read through Bible, I said, oh, oh, they gave me the wrong name. Paul, this guy prison after prison. I don't want to be in prison like him. But it's too late to change the name. That's how I get the name Paul. So when I step on the boat, and Holy Spirit said, Paul, what are you doing on this boat? Do you want to be a Jonah on this boat? I am telling you, I was scared to death. I don't know how my face looked like, but our guy on the boat looked at me and said, Brother I, what happened to you? Are you seasick? I said, I'm not. It's a look at your face. You're like a dead man. Your face turned to blue and you get sweat. What's wrong with you, brother? I said, I just heard the word of the Lord. Wonderful, brother. 
we are about to make a very dangerous journey on the ocean. We need a word from the law. When God spoke to you, brother, I said, the law asked me, do I want to be a Jonah on this boat? What? Jonah, get out of the boat. We don't want to take Jonah with us. They made me have to leave the boat, you know. When I walk out of the boat, get to the van, drive back to the church, I thought to myself, how come I'm just stupid? I should not tell them that. I should keep quiet and travel with them and travel around the world and an apostle. But I'm glad that I told them. Otherwise, I'm not here today. Because that boat never make it. See how wonderful is our God. So I get back to the church. 1 a.m. next morning, I was arrested. And they put me in politic prison. When I was in politic prison, I understood why my dad don't want me in politician. Because though the guy very good talk, never walk the way they talk. And you know, in Vietnam the other day, to be able to be a politician, you have to go to school to study for four years. In four years, they will teach you how to tell the lie legally. You know, of course, the degree, they don't tell lie legally. But they call law degree. So those the people very good talk. So they tried to convince me, oh, Reverend Paul, comrade will accept any religion. Why don't you quit your faith and come join our party? Let's start a new party, new constitution, new law. Everything be new, 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 new. I said, gentlemen, you don't know what are you talking about. How come you promise people something new? At the same time, you are struggling with your old man inside. Every day you are struggling with drug, with corruption, with sex, with problem. But I have a good news for you. My Bible says, whoever in Christ become a new creation. All old things will pass away. All become new in Jesus Christ. I'm glad many of them smart enough. Six months later, they give their life to Jesus. And we converted from political prison into a worship place. We are excited, but not communist. They moved me to another place. I did not know where they sent me, but finally, they brought me to a life sentence, criminal, drug dealer, gangster prison. And though the gangster and drug dealer when they were sentenced for life, nobody cared for them anymore. They have nothing else, <clears throat> but they have only one underwear. And now they cover their body by tattoo. They put lion, tiger, uh, dragon, cobra snake, horsey, with all different of those animals. Just like a little zoo on their body with the tattoo. So when they brought me into the front door, When they brought me into the front door, and two big guys were there. What are you doing? I said, I'm a pastor. A pastor? What kind of criminal are you involved? I said, no, I'm not involved in a criminal. Why are you here? You're wrong place. I said, no, I'm in the right place. God sent me here as an ambassador to bring you hope where you're hopeless. There is no hope in this place, man. I said, yes, that's the reason why God sent me here. Two big guys put me over the wall. Take off my clothes. By the time they take off my clothes, they saw all my tattoo. They said, what are you really doing? I said, I'm really not a pastor. What? You must be kidding me. A pastor with all tattoo in your body? You look like a gangster more than a pastor. I said, well, I'm even worse more than a gangster than what government told. But God can change many gangsters become pastor. If you're patient, I'll tell you some stories. What story? Sorry, how God changed many gangsters become a pastor. How long the story take? I said, well, as long as you want to hear, I have enough time, enough story to tell you. Many short. We don't have much time to hear a long story. I said, don't worry. I have full version. I have long version. And I have short version. So since you don't have time, I give you short version. And I said, oh, by the way, do you know Lumada? I mentioned the name of the top gangster of the country. I barely know who he was. And when I mentioned them, he said, that's my boss. I said, you know what? He's my disciple. Are you kidding me? I said, no. He's become my 
best motorbike driver. So I told him, he said, that's my boss. How come my boss become your disciple? You want to know his story? Yeah, I want to know his story. Tell me his story. I said, what version? Full version, long version, or short version? He said, it doesn't matter what version. I want to know how my boss become your disciple. Of course, I took time to tell full version. So three months later, all the other guy come to worship Jesus. In this book, you will hear fire many stories of them. And how in the prison, we have a church, how they tie. And many churches are now used my book to teach the tithes in the church. In prison, they have nothing to tie because my wife had to provide food so I can feed the whole church in prison. And they can tie. They tie water. And water, though the day, every prisoner were given one gallon by the government. The gangster take half, give them a half. That's only half a gallon a day for everything. And still they tie the water. And God blessed them with multiply. You can find many stories that were told by the other prisoner in the book. So after three months, they all come and worship Jesus. And you know, the criminals, they have their own language to share the gospel because they all have their slang to communicate with the other. So the police, they were mad. Blind, handcuffed, shackled, put me in a truck and drove for seven hours. When they pulled me out of the truck, I saw a lot of women. I wonder where this place. So I saw the sign. Girl prostitute prison. When they bring me close to that, and all the women, they excited. Hey, gentlemen, welcome to our girl kingdom. I walked to there, and they have all kinds of language. I said, lady, Jesus loves you. Forget it. We don't need Jesus. We're lonely. We need you. So in my first four days, it was horrible. When I opened my mouth, tried to say anything, they quickly shut me up, jumped off my mouth, and made fun of me. So I really pray. And on the fifth day, when I was on the roll, ready for roll call to be assigned to do a different job. And they said, Mr. Paul, are you a servant of God? I said, yes, I am. So step aside, because we have some job aside for you today. Okay. okay. <clears throat> what do you want me to do? He said, from now on, every day, you do nothing but only clean our toilet and clean toilet in the prison doesn't mean anything to you because you don't have that toilet in America. In America, you have a gentleman room, a lady room, you call restroom, right? But if you travel around the world, they have different names. You go to Europe, they call WC. We call Washington City over there. You go to Singapore, Malaysia, they call washroom. You go to Philippines, they call comfort room, but not comfortable at all. You go to India. India, they call happy room. Yeah, when I was in India, after they take me out for a big lunch, I need a restroom. They said, no, we don't have restroom. So I told them what I need. Oh, you, you need a happy room. So they took me there. After I come out, I said, how come you call this place? Nothing happy. He said, yes. When you walk in, you're so painful. But after you do all business, you walk out, you look happy. That's why we call happy room. <coughs> you don't have happy room. But the toilet in the woman prison in Vietnam totally different. They use the, the few barrel, they cut into a half, so about this size. They split a bamboo into two pieces, they put paralyzed. So everybody will step on that bamboo, they have to balance themselves and close the note very tight so they don't spare anything to do business. That's why they have to do at the quicks as they could and get out. Nobody wants to rest in that toilet. So my job every morning when they do all them do the toilet and they go to work with these two hands. Instead of all the waste stuff just come out from their body. Put in a full fill barrel, add more water and mix them up. And further like vegetable on the field. That was my job. So when I'm doing my job, they go, ooh, sting, ooh, dirty, ooh, dirty. I said, lady, listen. 
Jesus said, nothing outside dirty. Only the thing in your mind, in your heart is dirty. By the way, when Jesus was on the earth, he looked at the Pharisee religion leader and said, be careful your religion leader. The tax collector and the prostitute will go to heaven before you. What? The prostitute like earth can go to heaven? I say, that's what Jesus said. No way. I said, well, you got no say no way, but Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, by the way, in the Bible, there was a lady, her name Rahab. She used to be a prostitute, but God used her to liberate the whole country and through her come the world savior. And in my church, we have many ladies used to be prostitutes, but now they share the gospel. And I mentioned the name of a lady. Huh? You know her? That's who my boss. I said, well, she's my faithful disciple. Really? How come it happened? You want to know her story? Say, yes. What version? Full version, long version, or short version? We don't care what version. We want to know. So, okay, please come. We need to help you to wash your hand and your arm so we can release our no and we hear the story. So story after story, six months later, God bring them to a personal relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Is that God awesome? Yeah, I can continue, you know, to tell you more story because I was in eight different prisons for ten and a half years. But I know you don't have much time. So I want to let you know that. Five times in my life, out of that eight prison, God sent an angel come and bring me out. Just like Peter in the book of Acts. I experienced that for five times in my life. In my next book, come out by the end of the year called Super Yoga, You Will Fire. So now when God bring me out of prison, I went out and preached. So I preached in six different youth conferences. I met a school teacher. Government forced her to teach evolution instead of creation. She quit her job and went full-time ministry to reach out children. So we met in six different conferences. And on seven conference, Ren, Kat, and Doc, the pastor, invited for lunch. We cannot leave, so we talked until late evening. We fell in love. So he told me to go to see her parents to get a permission for date. So I went. He checked me out. And after 10 minutes, he said, oh, oh, you are a crazy preacher people talking about. He said, sir, since you are a crazy preacher, please don't marry our daughter. I said, why? He said, because my daughter is a crazy teacher. If a crazy preacher marry a crazy teacher, you are double crazy. You'll be trouble. We don't want to involve. I said, sir, the whole world are crazy anyway, but they're crazy for hell. And we're crazy for eternity, for the kingdom of God. Why not? So my wife has a story in this book called How the Life Looked Like for a Crazy Teacher Marry a Crazy Preacher. You lady might like it. So and when we marry and witchcraft say, no way, he can have children. So you see we have children. We have first one we marry after her name, she's Ruth, to baby Ruth. And then two years later, we have Mary. Two years later, we have Esther. Two years later, we have Elizabeth. They say, no way for you to have a son. But finally, David, our son, was born. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you can see, God blessed us with five children. They are all now married, and we have 11 grandchildren. <laughs> Whatever devil say, no way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I travel around the world. I told people in Acts 16.31, believe in Jesus Christ, you and your household will be saved. When David, our son, was born, my grandparents, my parents, and all my dad family, my mom family, this owned me for 10 years. They know that only Jesus can break through the curse and give me with a son. And they all come to worship Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All my brother and sister now are worshiping the Lord and serving as a pastor. I have sick church in my family. And this morning, I want to bring this hope to you. Number one, God created you very good under His image. Jesus loved you. He gave His life for you. 
But he not only save you, but he want to save all your beloved one. And the Bible says, believe in Jesus Christ. You and your household will be saved. So if you are here today, I don't care you go church, you go temple, you worship anything. But if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you need to invite Jesus come into your life as the Lord and Savior and have a personal relationship with him. I travel around the world. I know a lot of men and women talking about God, but they have no relationship. I went to Bahamas. I do a, a wedding. The hotel said that in one Saturday, they have 33 funerals. Only one pastor that's really believe in Jesus. And then the second one. 31 other guys who do wedding, none of them believe in Jesus Christ. I went to many countries. I let pastor come to Jesus. Because sometimes people do all religion activity, but don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. So today, if that's you, it's a good chance for you to come to Jesus and build relationship with him. Number two, if you know Jesus loves you, died for you, you receive him as the Lord's Savior, you have a personal relationship with him, but your beloved one, your family, your relative, not yet. Today, the day for them. Acts 16, 31 said, believe in Jesus Christ. You and your household will be saved. How many of you here that you already know you're saved, but your family not yet. Okay, I want to pray for you. I want to agree with you. This Easter, under Christmas, you will bring them into God's kingdom. If that's you, please stand up. If your family already is saved, please be seated and pray for our friend. If your family not yet saved, please stand up and come forward. I want to pray for you now. because I, I know it's late, but it's very important because Jesus won. Everybody will be saved. They don't want, Jesus don't want anybody will be perished. So today, we go to declare that Jesus' promise will fulfill in your family, in your life. Well, please come closer so our brethren can, can come. Okay, while we're waiting for our brother and sister coming, I want to remind you this thing. I'm going to lead you in prayer and I want you to pray with me and pray out loud. Why? Because Numbers chapter 14, verse 28 say, whatever you spit out of your mouth, God will hear and make it happen. So if you want to see miracle in your family, you have to spit out loud, you can hear, God can hear, and devil can hear. We have to make devil hear and release them, okay? So that's why I'm going to lead you in a prayer and declare today that devil already lost. Jesus, when he went across, he said, it's a finish. He done everything. So devil are illegal. Keep your beloved one because you don't fight for them. So today we fight for them. Okay? Okay, let's raise our hand and pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. Dear Holy Spirit, Thank you for your power. Thank you for receiving me and your child. Today, I'm standing here for my household. I believe in your word. Believe in Jesus. I and my household, we will be saved. I declare today, Salvation for my household. In the name of Jesus. I command devil. Take your hand out. From my household. They are saved. By Jesus Christ. For his glory. And his kingdom. In Jesus name. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise Lord. Now I'm going to pray for you. But before I pray for you, I give you some instruction. Jesus already did his part when he will hang on the cross. Holy Spirit is moving and do his job. But now, 
you need to do your job. Okay? Are you willing to do it? Okay, number one. From now on, go home. This evening, start a notebook. If you are old school like me, you need a, a notebook. If you're a young generation, you have iPad, iPhone, whatever phone you have with that. <clears throat> In first page, write down Acts 1631. The promise of our God. That God, you promised, I believe you, you will save me in my household, okay? Next page, write the name of the person you love the most. You don't want them to go to hell, but you want them to go to heaven. And every page, go to write up. Why? Because every week you need to communicate with them and write out how the process. Now, if they live somehow with you, every day you have a chance to hug them or set their hand. Tell them only three things. God created you very good. Jesus loved you and died for you. And I love you. I want to invite you to heaven with me. Only three things. We believe in Trinity. So say three things. It's easy for you to remember. Can you do that? Okay. You know for a while, devil will try to fight back. They won't want to hug you. They want to shake your hand. Okay, no problem. We go to anointing on the pillow of the bed. And declare the power of salvation. We convert. And for a while, some of them will save. Some of them will be resisted. They will close the door. Don't worry. Anointing the door. Some of them try to move away. No problem. Call them. Send them a message with your phone, text, whatever you call. If you don't have a smartphone, you the landline call them. And call them once a week. Don't call them every day, they get mad. Call them once a week on the weekend and tell them a little treating. Talk anything, but then tell them treating. And when they don't pick up your phone again, write them a postcard. Write them a Easter card. Christmas card, New Year card, birthday card, anniversary card, whatever. And after you write everything, turn to the back, write three things. God created you very good. Jesus loved you and died for you. I love you. I want to invite you to heaven with me. I tell you one of my story. I have one young guy. I sent him six years. I sent him Christmas card. He write down. I don't receive it. I give it back to you. He put the envelope, send away. I keep it. I keep sending. On the seventh year, my wife and I pray. We lay hand on the cart and we command, devil, move your hand away. And Holy Spirit, it's time for you to give him a chance. When he reads the cart and he and his wife decided to bring two of their kids come and see us. And we let them do the law on the new year day. And now they become a pastor. So it worked, but we have to do our job. Sometimes we're easy to quick. We are not patient. Devil is more patient than us. And love is the patient. First Corinthians, love is patient. So if you really love your loved one, your household, you need to do your job. Amen? And if you do your job, God does He. Amen? Okay, raise your hand. I pray for you right now. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just lift up our brother and sister who are standing here and raise their hand for their beloved one, for their household. I couldn't do your word. You promised that believe in Jesus Christ, you and your household will be saved. I declare your word today will fulfill upon their life and their family. In the name of Jesus, devil, you have no right to keep their beloved one. Because on the cross, Jesus said, it's a finish. So in the name of Jesus, I command you, devil, today, move your hand out of their beloved one. In the name of Jesus, I declare the devil, you are defeated. The victory belongs to Jesus. Lord, I pray for our brother and sister today as they start to do their job. Holy Spirit, move. So their beloved one will come to church this coming Sunday, this Easter, and I pray all the way to the new year, many of their beloved one will come to you for your glory, for your kingdom, said Lord. 
I commit our brother and sister to your hand. I declare victory upon the name of Jesus, name above all name. And you believe to say, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Our God is good. He is powerful. Amen. What a powerful testimony. Listen, as you go today, don't leave a book on that table. Just, just take them. Read them. Grow. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. Lord, bless your people today as we go. Thank you for the word of God. Let it dwell in our hearts and grow us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings to you today.